Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Grivy, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who cannot be trusted alone by himself near a bathtub. <laughs> Alex Dandino. <laughs> Before today's slippery, wild, exotic episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, it'll make sense, a little business. Oh no, everyone. I know where you're going. It's official. We are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. If you like this pod, it's like finding that that uh, treasure trove in the middle of the desert. We have a huge Patreon exclusive library full of awesome episodes over there. We do commentaries. We do uh, Tales from the Crypt miniseries. Alex and I are preparing. We're working on our Black Mirror miniseries. Some fucking asshole decides every October we got to do 31 episodes, so we're a little fucking backlogged with work, but it is happening. It is coming, like everyone in this movie. Um, so if you want to be so kind, patreon.com slash Pod, the best way to help us grow this show, the best way to show support for the show, but also the best way to get more awesome shit you want. We might even record you a double feature uh, at certain Patreon levels, so thank you so much. For those of you who show us the kindness to support the show, it means a lot. We work very hard on this show, and it's it's a it's a nice thing to see that people are helping out. Like thank you, love. thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we're on YouTube. Film Alchemist is the channel. Uh, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail Make sure you uh you hit us up if you want. We're on all the socials you're on, so reach out over there. We're easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you. Uh, make sure you're leaving those five star ratings and reviews. Everywhere and anywhere you find the pod. And then another plea, we've started making uh, our own little films, right? So if you want to come make fun of our movies, you can do a podcast about our little microfilms. So go to Misfit Parade uh, on any social media you're on. Misfitparade.net's the website. Or any social media you're on, find Misfit Parade. And you can see some films that, uh, you know, we've worked on. Talk I've about slippery on, and Alex. wet. Yeah, it's actual. Oh, my God. I make my sons be in them, but they can't watch them. That sounded worse. That made it yeah, sound. That's it's not. It's that not sounds real astronaut's wifey. <laughs> that that sounded a little like pornography. No, we make little short horror films. We're working our way up to bigger and better stuff. So if you would uh, join us over there, misfitparade.net, or on any social media, that would mean the world to us. All right, the astronaut's wife. Yeah, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> What I love most about this movie is that it's a movie. Van Zant, it's a Van Zant style remake of The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> There's That's just good. a thing in the nineties where they're good. like Charlize Theron needs to be the naive, wide eyed, good yeah. wife to a what? maniac who is crushed and ruined by big city life. <laughs> what was that thing? That she had. Like, it was pre-Monster. She just became this woman. This this She just became this actress that was always the lady in the movie that needed to, you know, she was the wife. It was weird. Yeah. It was like big, this. Big city life, big city folk. How, how would I know like, what's going on up there? This one, uh, obviously Devil's Advocate. Um, the one, uh, the, the one with. Robert De Niro and Cuba getting men of honor. Is that what it is? Where she's Robert De Niro's wife. I'm just like, yeah. what? She had a pattern. It's very strange. Well, that is one of the things, right? As an actor, this is something like you kind of start to learn. It's like being typecast is a great thing. Yeah. 
Because that means everyone writes a movie, your name goes on a short list of people Mm -hmm. who do these kind of roles really well. That also is how you get a script and go, didn't I already do this fucking movie? Um, I'll say this, though. If you're going to steal, steal from the best man. And the astronaut's wife, it gives me that euphoric feeling I had watching The Devil's Advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I think Johnny Depp and Charlize are awesome in this movie. It's it's just interesting and weird enough that it it just keeps working for me. Right. And so I actually I really enjoy this movie. I do think it, it has the problem that a lot of movies have, right? It kind of fizzles near the end a little. Right. But it's a it's kind of a fun thrill ride of a movie, right? It's like when you watch Indiana Jones, nothing is better than Indiana Jones. But when you're sitting getting a sunburn in Universal City watching, you know, some divorced dad cartwheel on the, you know, action stunt show, that's still pretty cool. That's still pretty cool. It's not bad. It's not bad. (laughs) This is why we get on posters. (laughs) The astronaut's wife. It's not the bad. (laughs) Look, I... I can tell you, like, so this was my pick for the month for what we're doing. This was my pick. I, um. <laughs> Guys, I re- there's some kind of, like, Freudian reveal in this pick, Alex. <laughs> What's going no. on? No. So the benefit of uh, having a podcast is a lot of the time you get to rewatch for the or movie podcast. So you get to rewatch, or better yet, Rewatch, not rewatch movies, just straight up, but rewatch movies you saw when you were a kid and had no fucking idea what was happening. But you remember the trailer for it better than anything. And that's like been a big thing for me doing this pod for the last five years is I remember so many movies because like for those of us who used to for those of us in the VHS life. I remember getting the VHSs from, you know, you'd go to, you'd go to Hollywood video, you'd go to Blockbuster, you'd go to family videos where I normally got it when we lived in Indiana and you'd get the VHS, you'd pop that thing in. And even early DVDs did this because early DVDs didn't have menus. They just had the movie straight up, but it was the same thing where they'd have the fucking factory warning at the beginning saying, Hey, if you copy this movie, you're going to get arrested. And then you'd have like the truth uh ad about um cigarettes or an ad about pirating videos and then you'd have three previews. my vhs story ad just came with the pack yeah smoke up johnny <laughs> and then you'd have three previews for like whatever's coming out this is how i knew about the movie uh this is how i learned the first time i ever saw heat was because uh hell yeah they promoted heat <laughs> on the vhs copy of batman forever i was like holy shit val kilmer's in this i gotta watch that movie <laughs> This guy's doing great. This guy's doing awesome. So. My favorite trailer before a VHS was uh, we had a sleepover in third grade. Yeah. And it was a pool party. And we all like, ah, we'll throw our fucking giant beach towels in. It was great. We're having a great time. We yeah. got tuckered out. And uh, my friend Daniel Mobley had us over and his abuelo went out to get us a tape. She was old. She was an old lady who has just come to the country, if I remember right. And so she thought she got us Flash Gordon. But Flesh. she bought us Flesh Gordon, the pornography. So that was my first porn in third grade. Right. By the way, Flesh Gordon still holds up an immaculate, like I, really just a well-told story that happens to have pornography attached. Makes total but sense. But it's more fantasy than pornography. Right, right. But I'll never forget, because the, the real gem of that, I didn't even settle on me that I was watching porn, 
it was it had the Roger Corman's Fantastic Four trailer. Oh. And so I spent the whole porno more rock hard at seeing the thing. Right, yeah. Than seeing all the porn, which I did not know was porn yet because I was in third grade. Of course, of course. So not. it didn't quite settle on me what was happening, but that trailer was right. burned in. But see, this was there was an era in the 90s. There were these great fucking like big production value sci-fi horrors, right? Yeah, yeah. We had this and Event Horizon. The the box cover I think most often gets equated to this when they would do their like pairs of movies mm -hmm. is the movie Virus. Yeah, Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. The yeah. box of that looks very similar. Uh huh. And I'm a sucker for '90s like science fiction horror. Same. Like space, an alien horror in the '90s was great, right? Yeah. We had stuff like The Faculty. We just like were really getting at uh, disturbing behavior. Yeah. Right. I can't remember if that was aliens. Fucking phantoms, yo. We had good stuff. It was good. So but yeah, so this falls right into this, like one of my cinematic kinks. Right. So this movie, I believe, was attached to the VHS tape for and the irony is it came out after it, but I remember I think the trailer for this was attached to the Sleepy Hollow oh, VHS nice. or uh D V D yeah, because of Jadep. So I remember watching this trailer a lot and being like, huh, I wonder what that movie's about. Or it's obviously about a guy who's an alien now, right? And trying to figure it out. Watched it once. And as a kid, I have like never, it, it, none of it ever made sense to me because quite frankly, I was just like, I was fucking 10 or 11. I wasn't paying attention because that's what you do in 10 or 11. You, you know, like at 10 and 11, the most attention I paid to a VHS tape that I rented besides like, the sleepy hollows of my world was, you know, the double the double VHS copy of Titanic because I knew I was going to see tits. So that was like a big deal. <laughs> but otherwise, right. so rewatching this movie was fun because I finally the plot of the movie was finally revealed to me, which was very fascinating. Uh, right. Other than it just so being I realized about this an astronaut's a, wife. Yeah. Writer, directors, Rand Ravich. Yep. This was his cash in movie after he wrote Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Yeah. Right? I don't know what order. That came out before this, but that was their like, that Candyman crushed. What do you want to do? He's like, I want to direct the astronaut's wife. And there's like, cool, we have the set over uh, the leftover color palette and rich apartment from Devil's Advocate. Let's go. Uh, but essentially, the story is astronauts in space. Lost for two minutes. Something happened. Yeah. What could it be? And again, this this movie does the the trick that Devil's Advocate does, right? Where it never fucking for a moment. Devil's Advocate never hides the game of the movie. Yeah. You know immediately everything bad is coming from Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. And this is the movie we're doing. He's 100% the devil. This movie never fucking hides the fact that Johnny Depp is going to be the source of evil. This is... This is kind of a by proxy body snatcher setup, right? It's very much, yeah, it's very much body snatchers, which again, cool reveal for me watching this now because I don't, rem I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. Everything in this was like, everything a brand in this new was a real surprise. It was like finding the last KB toy store. It was incredible. <laughs> I remembered it from the 90s and I'm happy it's still it's here. It's true. It was like finding the last <laughs> remaining Toys R Us, but there's like only toys. There's like only Turtles it's in just Time people toys in available. the leftover Jeffrey costumes yeah. fucking the shit out of each other. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, yeah, exactly. little boy. <laughs> they all have lollipops stuck to their dongs and shit. Um, but yeah, so the difference is that this movie doesn't use the body snatchers to kind of examine us culturally, right? No. It is more this woman who is now dealing with a husband who is changing. His status in life is changing. Right. 
his attitudes are changed. Like, if this was just a movie about, if you took out the aliens, this is just a guy who gets a really nice job and then is cheating on his wife and becomes a piece of shit. Yeah. The movie works 95% the exact same. You wouldn't, you'd barely need a rewrite to make this work. And so I do think it finds a good root in this kind of familial whore that we can all access, right? Like, we all understand that, you know, guy gets fucking all big time. He's now a national hero. He's talking to the president. He's getting CEO jobs. Oh, now all of a sudden we fuck in the middle of museums? Okay. Right? You can see this metamorphosis and we understand the little man who now is a big man. And the the consequences of that for the titular astronaut's wife. That is... uh Sorry. Uh, yes, that is a summation of the film. <laughs> I think that it's interesting because, yeah, Body Snatchers does this like otherness thing a lot better than this movie, obviously. But right. there is still this really interesting undercurrent of like, who did I marry? I thought I knew this person. Like, there is, yeah. I think that, and again, Charlize Theron just. She's she, fucking great. In she's this movie. great. But She's it, great she, in everything. This but. is the bit she does very well, which is like lady from the south or lady from the west coming to the city slicker east. And that's like, <laughs> it, it's interesting because that's sort of the nodule that we take. And that's how we get into the movie. And then it becomes this like, and it becomes a lot more science fiction-y and a little more like weird, uh, Weird science. No, there's just like I a, mean, kind of yes, actually. Kind there's of. a lot of weird. There's weird science stuff. The well, we skipped over the big like the the impetus for the movie, right? The jumping off. So is they have this Top Gun style like ride out to a party, right? Right, and the husband, the other astronaut, drops dead, and they're like, "Well, it's fine. He's just old." It's like, well, that what? Yeah. So that sucks. Man, by he the tries way, to kiss his wife. This is like the last yeah, like time a I've last ever seen second, Nick like, Cassavetes in just, a movie. That's right, Nick Cassavetes. But he does this, like, really, like, aggressive, like, kind of holds her and kiss. At least Theron runs up. He drops dead. Yeah. The next thing, what kind of launches the whole movie is we see this this lady now distraught in bed. Yeah. But she has this line, which is actually a great moment, a great delivery, right? Where she's just like, it's in me or he's in me, right? Yeah. And then, of course, we, we start the uh, the love this movie has with fucking toasters and running baths Oof. or radios right running water and in so general. it it is this pretty the opening act of this movie is a pretty fucking i mean this this movie moves like a shark that's hungry at the start right yeah like we, we get in it's almost like a tragedy in space now we're doing like holy shit there's almost no yeah i mean we get to the tragedy in space stuff i don't know what do you think like oh, seven minutes into the movie yeah, she's reading like Rumpelstiltskin, and yeah. this happens so like she's, fucking fast. Yeah, like she's teaching. She's a teacher, so she's <laughs> the inciting in class. The incident of this movie. They're like, it should be page three. First yeah. off, let's go. Johnny Depp does this. I'll bring some heaven down from you. Like the he's like, oh, I'm not in Crybaby anymore. Cool. And then the movie starts three minutes. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you a little piece of heaven. It. Yeah, I mean, it starts pretty quickly. Yeah, and. It's interesting, too, because I, and I think this is the thing I actually like the most about it is we're not, you know, in a lot of cases, we're not in these kinds of movies. But I like that we're not privy to the I like think we're not privy to this inciting incident. It's just all hearsay. 
which is good, and that's how it should be. But it's this really particular and fascinating experience to watch all this happen with Charlize Theron. Like, there's, like, a really specific vibe and really specific thing. Like, we're all, like, the driver's seat is her the entire time. And when she shows up at the hospital, even then she's not give like, her and Donna Murphy, who plays the who plays Nick Cassavetti's wife, even then we're not given a lot of information. They're just like, yeah, I don't know. They passed out and they woke up. We found them and now they're, you know, here. We got them down. Like, okay, first off, they can't be passed out because they're, they've made it back to earth. These guys are fine. Like clearly they're okay, but like, it's weird that they're in a hospital bed in a coma. They're playing on our lack of scientific knowledge. They're just like, what happened? Space stuff. Dear God. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard about space. That is like, again, like (laughs) I don't know how, 90s i how much how hard i can explain how 90s this movie is because there was that time when we would do movies like this where the general public is pre-internet really like pre-heavy internet sorry where the general public wasn't have the ability to like research like you know the space station and shit so what you could do was just say science stuff who the fuck was gonna know unless they were actual scientists like that was like the benefit that was the benefit of like pre-internet is just like it was great back then. You either, go to, the, you either go to the library to research or, you know, you just enjoy the you movie. You want to dust off a leathery toe or do you just want to say it with conviction? Say it with your chest, <laughs> say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest voice and we'll get through it. Don't worry about it. Like, do you know what happens to a body in space? Yeah, uh, me, you, me either, but I'm going to scream at you. Do you know what happens to a body in space? This uh, one, yeah, this movie, be, this, go this episode library. will come out later. But this is exactly what's been happening with the Titanic thing. Oh, my God. Where now everyone is a fucking expert in, you know, subaquatic engineering. Yeah. That's because we all have TikTok and it's like, all right. Yeah. But we used to do that in the 90s. Just we'd have to. It was like a right. Choose your own adventure where we just talk shit. And people like, well, why would he argue so adamantly if he doesn't know shit? Yeah. You're like, well, it was a survival technique. I was just coming up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Most, I mean, I think it's very clear. Most politicians in the world still don't use the internet because we're still doing that. But you know, neither here nor there. This isn't a political show. But shots. Um, that's the benefit of the movie, though, is if you don't have the, an iPhone readily available on hand, easily accomplished. You can just so en- this is like a COVID thing in your mind. You think there's misinformation about and. I wouldn't go that far. We shouldn't. Johnny Depp shouldn't have gotten vaccinated. That's that's your political think, stance that you're saying right I now. I think what's awesome about this movie Hashtag is, don't vax me, bro. No. Started by Alex Dandino. Literally not what I just said. But I think what's awesome about this movie is... <laughs> I'm just going to hang COVID shit on you now. I think what's awesome about this movie is that <laughs> it really does labor under the assumption that, and as it should, because it's from the 90s, nobody knows anything about space travel. But like when they, I like as a kid, I didn't give a shit. But watching it now, it's one of those things where I'm like, hang on, they flew that space shuttle back to Earth, and then they're in the hospital, passed out. Got it. All right. So they were in condition to. <laughs> they exert- were definitely outside working on a shitty satellite. I didn't know if we like sent someone to pick them up, which I think is more common now than it was back then. I have no idea. I mean, but this is the thing. There, there's kind of a a, a built-in writer's trick to that. Right, which is there is this confusion, but Charlize Theron is just sitting there like, is my fucking husband going to drop dead? So imagine someone tells you Andrea is like in there fighting for her life. 
the fucking ins and outs, right? We don't need to dot the I's and cross the T's at that moment. I want one fucking answer, and that's all I'm hearing. Yeah. And the rest will wash over me. I like that Donna Murphy. I, what I really like, Donna Murphy, I mean, Donna Murphy's just a fucking fantastic actress anyways. But she does a lot with a little because instead of doing this, like, con, you know, when Charlize shows up to, like, console her, when they're both brought into this very, very weird, like, 90s operating table room for both these guys to stay in um just these bare walled rooms she is convinced they're dead like she has absolutely no doubt in her mind the conviction she has when she's confronted with Charlize Theron and she's like they're not dead she's like they're dead I know they're dead like I really liked that they didn't just make it this thing it's like oh these two gals are just gonna hug each other and it'll be fine. It's like, no, one of them is so distraught. She's like, it doesn't matter. It's over. Like they're dead. Like, I think, I think that's, that's the kind of thing that does it. That's the kind of thing that actually does a good job because later on, when you start seeing these changes in these guys and particularly, obviously Nick Cassavetti's character has like a whole thing. You realize too, that's like what she was saying was not they're dead physically. It's like, it's not them. They will never be the same after that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This And this is the case for most movies and scripts that I've ever read. The first act is much better than what follows, right? The setting up of this is great. Yeah, great setup. And then it decides that it's like it had a choice of like three or four various movies it could become. And it said, we're going to be radio wave alien movie. And you're like, well, all right. That was, you know, not the highest on my, my Vegas odds. But essentially what happened is these creatures that can travel through space on a radio waiver. Imagine if you could travel on a thought. I think Joe Morton says later. Right. They have been waiting in space. They've been shot from Xenu or wherever the fuck they came from. Right. (laughs) They've been shot through space to catch two astronauts. There always needs to be two. But really, if they had both made it, there then would have been six. Right. And so the the machinations of the aliens in this movie, the thing that kind of gives it its fun in the second act is also the thing that is kind of head scratching. Yeah. Because if they can travel via radio wave and there's this motif of them constantly listening to staticky radios as if they're communicating with someone. Yeah. What is their plan here? What is the invasion protocol? This isn't species where as soon as she starts fucking... There's another guy that can fuck in three months. And then the math on that becomes exponential. Because now you have these super tall hot bods running out and we're all going to oblige. Right. Right. And we're just going to death by a thousand nuts. (laughs) This is more baffling. There's also this thrown in. We get the great Tom Noonan in the movie for a minute. Yep. Who somehow is like a war profiteer because he's going to make planes that shut off all weapons of war. So then I guess we're back to killing each other with our bare hands. It's like a very weird, yeah. like, I'm a noble billionaire mission. But what do you think that, like, the aliens just, I don't get it. Yeah, like, it's, this is the main, again, watching this now as an adult, I'm like, I understand why I pretty much didn't, I didn't know what was going on 90% feels, of the movie. Because, would you wager that this was a different script, and then they said, we'll make it if there's a horror element in it? <sighs> No, and here's. Or you why. think this was it the whole time? I think I will say this: the horror element is, I mean, at best injected. 
like a fucking cream filled donut. So it's mostly leaking out. But it's like, but cream. it's like a cream filled donut that like they it was like the bottom of the bag cream cream. So it's just like yeah. uh, this is all we got left. I don't know. Like, yeah, they're like without the cream, it'll be useless. Yeah. With, with the cream, someone will be like, "What it, am it's I just eating? This, without what it, is it's happening? just a shitty glazed donut." <laughs> what, uh, what, like that's like what it is. I, so for me, I actually would say the reverse. I bet it was an horror. I bet it was a horror movie pitched, and they're like, "It was a horror film. We can't just do this. Yeah, we're gonna have to add some like. It can't just be a straight horror movie. Like you're gonna have to add some things that make it like." invasion-y like because that's what i think like noonan's character is strange to me because it doesn't really make sense like it's like an injected b-plot that doesn't matter to anything else going on in the movie at all well they make it as if by being next to this seat of power right tom noonan's a guy who'll shut off your army if you don't pay him a ton of money right and so somehow being near that is going to help the aliens. We see later when Jadette meets his fucking uh, untimely second death of the movie. <laughs> the, the things can just jump directly into a new body. Yeah. So I was like, the moment I became the fucking Southern draw fucking, you know, intern at the fucking Fortune 5, I think I'd immediately just jump into Tom Noonan. Yeah. And then yeah. I would just jump. He meets the president. Of the United States of America after his accident. Yeah. And the creature doesn't just jump into the president. That's a more useful. I don't know what their mission is in this yeah. movie. That that I think is the key problem with the horror slash alien aspect of the movie is it's like they're just explorers. And yet they're like slowly like. It, this is it's the the horror aspect of it like this otherness the body snatcher stuff we're talking about and i think this is the problem with the actual horror in the film is it feels very manufactured and not in a good way like what it is is it's it's not even i can't say it doesn't and, spring from a well of like this is something terrifying to let's that put point, face to it yeah, yeah. Like, to the point of like was this written as a horror movie initially or were there like elements put into it this is why i don't mm. like it's written as a horror movie, but I don't think it was written in a way that particularly makes it like science fiction horror. I'm not sure exactly what the movie's trying to say right. about. It's not an alien invasion. It's just two aliens well, who are like hanging out. It could have even been something like it reminds me more of like a Rosemary's Baby. The trauma of this moment of I'm creating life. What does that mean? Who's this man I'm with? Right. That is not at all personified and helped by the fucking alien. Yeah. Right? And so what I guess you would say is that, because this is the thing, why do they need our corporeal bodies? Right. Do they just like drinking and fucking and all these things they can't do in their fucking rays of sunshine? Right. Maybe. And so the arbitrary nature of that, maybe what the movie's banking on is the fact that they have no plan and they're just here to, like, do human body shit on us. Is this, like... Is this like Fallen meets Earth Girls are Easy kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, we're just here for a good yeah. time, not a long time. Right. You know what I mean? And then, we're never, well, yeah, like, we're never pretty. The real whore of the movie is is best exemplified by Joe Morton's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's just like, I fucking know the truth. I have seen something, and no one will listen to me. Right. 
No one, right? He gets fired. NASA's not, the scientists at NASA aren't interested in answering his questions. So then you're like, is NASA and the government right. somehow like, like condoning all, all this? I think that's like the really hard thing is there's so much half-baked conspiracy in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie, it is like trying to make a steak in a microwave, this movie. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like it's one of those things where yeah, it's just it's all this does the like your your projecting more plot into that portion than I think they actually have. <laughs> Cuz like and rightfully so, like that is a huge thing is like Joe Morton's character is from the beginning of the movie part of this movie like oh something's going on and he's getting like booted out of government and all this other shit and it's like dude, clearly something's going on and like nobody wants to address it which is fine Mm -hmm. that's what these movies are about a lot but at no point does he like state the purpose of these you know right non-corporeal beings being here yes the second act is it's a bunch of people kind of like let's play paintball in the dark and see if we get lucky yeah right like they're all just kind of moving in these disparate because if johnny depp is an alien which he is and his goal is to have a seat of power, but then his goal is also to impregnate her with twins. Because they mentioned at one time the ship that Tom Noonan's company is developing. Yeah. Which I don't think is a spaceship. It's just a ship that flies over battlefields, right? Or maybe it does it from space. It can carry two pilots. What's inside of you? Twins. What's inside of the other lady? Twins. Um, and then I guess the plot just goes, you're telling me I'm the crap. I'm not important anymore. <laughs> Twin style. And cause this, the thing is like, is his job to get little human bodies and then fly them back the distance of space, which only you can travel if you're a fucking ray of sunshine or a, a radio thought? wave, radio wave, radio wave. And then at the end, Charlize Theron back now, when she's like the fucking predatory alien, she's like, they going to be a pilot just like they daddy. And it's like, so the plan is to shoot the big daddy kids back into space? Yeah. And for what fucking purpose? Why would we? It's like the aliens invade us. They've been waiting to invade us. So we had the technology to get in space where they could find two fucking middle-aged whites. So that we could then shoot themselves back into space? I. This is, okay, so to your point about, like, was this a sci-fi or was this a regular movie written with sci-fi elements then? Do you think they like showed a cut of this movie and yeah. somebody in like they let's say they did a test screening or like maybe a friends and family screening and Rand's like, all right, what'd you guys think? And they're like, what the hell were the aliens doing there? Like my, my theory is they had a headier. I'm carrying alien babies. Right. 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 And then some executive goes, you know what movie fucking ripped the devil's advocate, bro. We got to have that. Because the whole scene where, like, she's trying to get the briefcase from Joe Morton. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't just hand it to her at their first meet. The scene is so fucking funny is when he's, like, laying it out. You think your husband fucks you? No. No, he's not really saying that. But he's like, your husband's dead. They're on a carousel just with children at this, like, fucking giant toy store in the mall. And he's just, like, laying it out. He's sweating. And I was like, what a fucking location to start fucking throwing it down on this lady's life. But the whole, like, let's meet up. Come get my briefcase out of the storage unit. Right, watching Johnny Depp on tape. Like, that stuff all feels... There, there is an, an extraness to it, right? Because as a writer, there are those moments when you know you have to rewrite stuff. Yeah. And you're like, God, this is going to change a lot. 
and you're like, what if I can salvage the most of it possible and right. not have to rewrite well, most of it? Because there, there are just narrative threads that are not a part of this sweater. No. So we like you're trying to pick at those. And in the middle of picking at those threads, we start doing things that are nuts. So like it's because it starts with her um, starts with the the abortion pills, which I was like, this is. Oh, yeah. She's going to handle it. Yeah. This is an awkward 90s thing because so she's got like these pills and then he comes. See, I would argue the only thing that works in this part is the horror of motherhood. Yes, but that's how it always works. Like that's like the thing is this movie is like trying to do half baked devil's advocate Rosemary's baby <laughs> vibes and it never works. She's even got the hair, you know? Yeah. Like had you just dropped the camera on a future Oscar winner and let her run. Yeah. She probably would have been fine. This movie's probably twenty times better. Yeah. So instead we do this weird like okay, so she's gonna take care of it. So she has I've never is that what Schmishmorshan pills look like? These like huge black well, like horse all- pills? Also, yeah, I don't think this is a legal thing. Yeah. Because it's not plan B because she's been pregnant for a while. Been, it's hard like, to tell the timeline of this movie. Yeah. So either yeah. way, she's like, what do you say, like three or four months pregnant or something like that. Mm-hmm. So she's got these weird props that are mm-hmm. fake smushmortion pills. That's for Midwestern audiences. Yeah. Right. They, they just want. Can we make those pills look as much like the apple and Snow White as possible? Yeah, for real. <laughs> So he walks in, catches her because of this weird psychic link they all have between the babies yes. and her, and he smacks the shit out of her. And then, yes. <laughs> I forgot. Which oh, I was man, like, yeah. huh? All right. And then, uh, only to be topped. And this was like a 90s thing to me. This was like the most 90s moment in the movie was her flinging herself down the stairs. And I was like, oh, I get it. This is like the 90s <laughs> thing of like, hey, this yeah. movie's serious. You better it is pay weird. attention. He's like, we have to protect our kids, but I'm going to fucking, you know, Rocky five you down the stairs. <laughs> I was like, I I, I don't know I don't if know. that. I mean, I guess you're just trying to save the radio waves in the little husk of babies. Because even if he kills the babies throwing his wife down the stairs, they can just float over and be grownups immediately. It's just so right. Then we've got a big scenario where there's like little fucking baby aliens and a full grown New York man. Yeah. The him immediately because this is the thing. He immediately beats her up and then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Just leave you on. I'll leave you unattended to think about what you did. (laughs) That's fine. I'll let you. I just threw you down the stairs and beat you up and told you that I'm an alien. Yeah. Right. And you you just tried to fucking end the pregnancy. You know what I should do? Fuck off for the next 15 minutes of the movie and go handle alien business. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you alone and let you think about what you just tried to do and what I did to you. And that this, is the that movie, is the way yeah. I'm dialoguing in my head. <sighs> <laughs> this movie was at that beautiful precipice that we all want to find ourselves at, right? Mm-hmm. First time director. He has a future Oscar winner. And Johnny Depp at the and time was This is was also Johnny Depp. Like, this is like nine, 99 Johnny Depp is movie star Johnny Depp. Like post Nick of Time Johnny Depp, he was like the fucking man. Right? And then Tim Burton kind of fucking absorbed him. And it went a different path. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah, and a more interesting movie to watch after the Depp versus Heard Titanic battle. Um, but neither here nor there. <laughs> 
But what I'm saying is you stumbled onto this Oscar-level actress. You had this movie where you could really just fucking use every ounce of talent she had. But the machinations of that movie getting in the way. Yeah. It's it's kind of a nightmare scenario. I and that's think... the thing. I would argue there's so much fucking talent in this movie that even once it starts trying to be a thrillery thing where nothing really adds up. Right. You're still just watching Sarlis Theron and Johnny Depp and Joe Morton go at it, and it's just awesome. Uh, Clea Duvall's in Clea it, Duvall's too. Clea Duvall's in it. I, I mean, it, you just you just have these actors giving great performances. You know what I so really... So it is still engaging on a human level. Yeah. It's the alien level that's kind of not working. So to that point, what I think is supposed... This is what I... When I watch Joe it Joe Morton is fucking... Like, what an underappreciated actor. Yeah. Joe Morton just is fucking one of amazing those... in everything. Joe Morton is one of those character actors. Yeah, he's one of those, hey, that guy. So every movie he's in, he is good. I still think one of his greatest performances is literally the 15 to 20 minutes he is Miles Dyson in uh, T2. Like, he's fucking unbelievable in most movies. The best. But he's just incredible. I mean, he's just incredible. I think that this movie probably was pitched as... A fo- Charlize Theron focused movie about mm-hmm. being a mother, being pregnant. Like this is probably supposed to be more Rosemary's Baby than it is Body Snatchers. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, that's, I would imagine that's the pitch. I would imagine that was the original pitch. And then, like, listen, we handed this script off to Jadep. It's hot. He thinks he wants to be in it. You're gonna have to refocus the movie though, because this dude's fucking famous, and you know. <laughs> You gotta make we it secu- about that. We secured the bracelet and scarf budget to get Johnny yeah. Depp. We have We're enough in. money for his bracelet and scarves and also his um special tobacco that we one thousand percent want him in this movie. You're gonna have, we have to one ring made of the skull of a pygmy pig. We're right. We have Johnny Depp. We have Johnny Depp. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. Good job, everyone here at New Line. Well done. Like that's but that's like to me that is that's really probably the greatest flaw in the movie. It was probably written as a very interesting in the vein or you know in the style of Rosemary's Baby about Charlize Theron's journey into being a mother and this weirdness that props up, this strange thing, like this otherness that you can't describe because like I can't, but you know this otherness you can't sure. describe because you're a mother. Well, and no one else imagine that that scene when Johnny Depp is just they cut from the hey, we're going to fuck in this museum I'm like what? Yeah, this is open air, dude. There's just pillars. This is your new job. And then we cut to them on the bed. It's like a, a smooth transition to them on the bed. Yeah. And him just doing that real fucking trailer park hump. You know what I mean? Just that mean, I'm mad at life, and I'm yeah. going to fucking joust it out that, of like, you. That aggressive sex thing that and they did. And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? And so the horror of that moment is, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking very bland Rosemary's Baby. Right. I think the interesting thing was I'd love to talk to the writer-director and be like, was there just a point on set where you go, oh, fuck? Like, did he know the movie that he was kind of glazing over? And just the machinations of the system. Because these movies are so big and so expensive. Yeah. To shift midstream is a near impossibility. I wonder if there was a moment when he was like, God damn it. Did you know this movie was $75 million? 
But see, that's the thing about 90s sci-fi horror is they had budgets. They had big name actors. Yeah. If this movie came out today, it'd be exactly what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it would drop on Shutter on a Thursday and be gone by that Monday. Yeah. Like no one would ever talk about it again. No, I don't disagree. That's what that movie would be. This this I'm my alien husband won't let me out of this single contained location. My God. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> be shot on an iPhone. But that's the thing. They just they had these budgets to make these big awesome looking movies with amazing fucking talents and so i just i love this era of yeah. sci-fi horror i do too because it's it's a lot of like it's a lot of swings to improve upon something that doesn't like to improve on a movie that's classic there's a lot of swings and misses of like hey i can do rosemary's baby but with aliens if you want and just like well all right let's, let's boot it up here's 75 mil go for it yeah some some guy in the corner some assistant to the producer's like wait are we going to address the fact that he just cold-bloodedly kills her sister in front of her and then continues to leave her unsupervised to protect his babies and the producer's like shut up i'm <laughs> signing the check <laughs> oh okay the check's signed. all right the ink's dry yeah. deal with it oh okay yeah. that's fine that's my fault like there's <laughs> call a stylist we need rosemary's hair and we're locked let's go <laughs> but like I- that it's a really common theme through like movies from like 95 to 99 in this era. Like you're saying like virus is another great example. Like there are all these movies that, and then there's movies that were oh, the, the machinery of that monster and virus. Like that's something you have to have big power behind. To yeah. Do. There's even like, but there's even movies that aren't necessarily even derivative of classics that feel that way because simply they were part of that movement. Like, Great example for me is always Sphere. Like, I think Sphere rocks. But I also know it was, I watched the trailers for, the trailer for Sphere so many times when I was a kid. I was like, this movie looks intense, man. Like, because that's how movies, like, marketing for movies has changed so much. Like, when we were kids, trailers were all we had. We didn't have any, we didn't know how to dig for the other things, like production stills or anything like that, or know who was making the movie. All we knew was a trailer came out. There was a guy with this voice who told us what was going to happen, and we were fucking in. And I think that's exactly the kind of movie like The Astronaut's Wife is, is a movie where a guy goes to space, comes back, not <laughs> quite the same. And that's not, the movie. Gotcha. Here's the he's doing Polly Shore rips in the trailer. Not. No. <laughs> it's like, whoa, damn, yeah. dude. But that's like, that's what these movies no, are. No, this makes a compelling trailer. You turn yeah. on the trailer and you're like, look 100%. at that. 100%. Donna Murphy's bathtub thing alone is one of those things you're like, I'll stay. Like, you're just like, this 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 woman literally just electrocuted herself in a bathtub. I've never seen that on a, in a movie. I got to watch the rest of this hardcore like yeah it's the opener the the you're right the first act of this movie keeps you locked in because the the, the other two-thirds is not that great it's one of those rare movies where the first act is so good and then it could become four or five different movies yeah you could is this a prestige drama right is this a lifetime now i need it no his brother's in town and now we have to get like this could have been five different movies at that point you could stop the movie and there's no specific indication of what it's trying to do. Right. And then when you're like, oh, we did radio aliens. Like, when we see the alien finally, when she kills, the scene when the house is flooding is pretty yeah. fucking cool. Pretty rude. That's when, dude, the line Johnny Depp has, I was like, that's what I mean. This movie just does so much I love. The scene when the water's everywhere and she's like, you killed my husband. 
you killed and he's like yeah i killed your husband <laughs> then i came home and fucked his wife and i was like yeah great oh line. my god great line in a movie Dude, loved it loved it and you're like he's got some fucking giant space balls right now because she's yeah. about to kill them and then we find out he can just turn into this weird blob thing and then just jump into yeah, her body. Yeah, can we talk about the creature real but quick? That that set piece is <laughs> fucking awesome. I mean, Loved it. the yeah, like the set is fantastic. And yeah, when it that starts is... pouring down from the top, like she got the whole so place. cool, dude. So yeah. cool. I fucking mean, awesome. It's great looks, and yeah, it is like one of those awesome lines. I mean, that is a Fucked great his wife. Do you think <laughs> that's one of those things where like? Jadeps like flipping through the script. He's like, the only reason I'm doing this movie is so I can say this. Yeah. Well, that's I like the last bring page. You a little piece of heaven. What do you think's inside of you? That dude, that part is great. Love He's, that. Yeah, like that scene that gets an actor that would get Johnny Depp actor from 1999. Oh, like, dude, I bet they only sent three pages out. They just yeah. sent that scene. Just out you to send every that scene, actor. and he's like, I guess I'll do it based on these three pages, and then. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? and I get a bang in a museum. This, all right, this sounds like a pretty sick great, job. Great movie. I'm, I'm, I'm in. How much do I get paid? I don't know. What's your quote? Like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of the cost benefit of making this movie is probably great. I would be really interested to talk to Rand Ravage, though, and say, like, what? Obviously, this movie is supposed to be like a Rosemary's Baby type thing. What happened during production where you were like, I'm not in charge of making this movie, the $75 million movie anymore? Because there is yeah, sometimes aspect. the money becomes the director of the movie. There is that's an just, aspect to it that feels like that scene, that ending scene feels like that's the whole like Rand Ravage wanted to make a movie to make that final scene because that's a great fucking scene, man. Right. Well, that's the thing. When you are a musician or a stand up or whatever, you can have more integrity about your art. Sure. Once you get to 75 million bucks and every single day might cost a million fucking dollars. Mm hmm. You can't fuck around. Then you're in survival. We got to get this fucking movie made and turn it into something and return investment or my career is over. Yeah. Right. So a lot of movies take they just unfairly or maligned and take shit because the money and the studio is directing the movie. Truly. Sure. And right. So it's not always fair. Like this is a movie like that. Right. Where I'm assuming the giant cost. You know, if you fucking see halfway through, you're like, maybe we should small this down and just look at Charlize. <laughs> and it's like no cuz cuz I would argue what what benefit to the movie is that fucking radio bubble alien. Right. Like of of any movie creature or alien, this has to be the bottom 1%. I mean, this is one of the worst creatures. I mean, and I don't you know. Take his it... actions when he's in Johnny Depp's body and he gets those last lines great. Yeah. But just the the physical manifestation of this thing is so bad. Yeah. It sort of looks like um uh, there's a, when, when um, uh, uh, there, there's an X Men character named Arnold. Yes, yep. Who can yeah. make like bubble avatars? Yeah, yeah it okay, looks cool. just you know like that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what it is. Like I'm just like okay, but see, that's the other part too. And I wonder. That's again, it's a great scene in a movie punctuated by like really bad CGI. And it's also one of those right. things. I'm like, I, I would really want to talk to Rand Ravage about this. I, I wish I, I wish there's, we were I wish we no were cool enough to talk to him in the like, movie where the aliens are fucking radio transmissions that we ever needed to see that yeah, fucking thing. never. I think that's what's that, so it, it also starts killing the theater of the mind. Like, yeah. is it just me? Am I just losing my right. mind? Like, I think that's right. th that's the Rosemary's baby aspect that gets completely torched by revealing anything like this is you're like. 
The reveal is not that he is an actual alien. The reveal is that Charlize Theron finally has to face the fact that right. he's an alien. By the time we see the Satanist, right, at the end of Rosemary's Baby, it's cathartic and yeah. we want it. It's, By the it's time earned. we see the alien in this, it's like, ugh, don't yeah. send me back to my car with that image. Right. You're like, oh, great. Okay, fine. And that's so, why they put the little kids who are reading, like, quantum science book and listening to static on their walkie-talkies. Or their little Walkman. They weren't walkie-talkies. They were Walkman, and they were important, goddammit, with anti-skip technology. Um, <laughs> it is. It's, it's, a, it's a real fucking... It reminds me of those drinks we used to make in college where you would just pour a little bit of every booze in it. Jungle and juice. And you're like, hopefully this is good and yeah. it will fuck me up. Mm-hmm. Right? It's made in a bathtub, which should be a red flag not to drink it, but yeah. we would. Right? So we're all just drinking God knows right. what, probably some like, butthole and pubes mixed in, yeah. and that was okay. Astronaut's Wife is like a jungle juice of a movie because like- right. Yeah, you're going to pour all these things in. If you're hopefully, in the right mood. You're in the right party. Hopefully it might tastes be enough. good. It's going to get you there no matter what, as long yeah. as you don't eat too much of the fruit, which is like the actual like core of the story. Like right. I think that's like, like when you get down to it, I wish this was more like Rosemary's Baby than it is. And it's sort of this like sacrificial lamb of 90s, you know, of 90s sci-fi horror runs essentially not a bad thing it's just one of those movies where it's almost good like 80 percent of the way through and then you get that great ending scene which is awesome this movie has amazing moments in it yeah and that's the thing that i love about this era is that they just had enough talent and money Mm -hmm. that even these kind of really fucking rough and unexamined scripts still became these awesome movies that i love to watch and it is a small cinematic miracle. That's it for the astronaut's wife. We have one more alien invasion movie as we're selling our uh, celebrating our fifth year as a podcast by going back to where it done started. So our final movie is us invading the aliens, I guess, in contact. Sort of we'll have a, mi- a hearty debate about that. It's sort yeah. of a mixed bag. Like we're meeting right in the middle. That's right. So we'll finish with contact. We're barreling towards October, people. 31 days, 31 pods. We're so excited to start announcing the lineup. Uh, We've been working very hard on that. We're excited to share uh, all of this horror movie love with you guys, as always. So stay tuned. If you want to make sure to get every 31 pods that month, you got to go to patreon.com slash Pod. Please support the show. Uh, Please help us grow this show. Thank you for those of you who support us. You know we love you. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you go check us out. Uh, Leave a five-star rating and review everywhere you can. Also, make sure to go to MisfitParade.net or search Misfit Parade on any social media you have and see the uh, the short horror films and all the fun stuff we're building over there. Uh, All right, man. I'm excited for contact. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Make sure you turn your water off, everyone. Turn your fucking water off.